listening to the Pasco Podcast with Mike Carvalho. Welcome to Season 3 of Pasco Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Mike Carballa, and welcome to our 26th episode of Pasco Podcast. Joining us today from our utilities team, our operations director, operations and maintenance director, Jason Mickle, and water quality operations manager, Kevin Jenkins. Gentlemen, welcome today. How are you all doing today? Great. Great. Excited Good. to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, great. So why don't you guys, Jason, why don't we start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Pasco County? Well, uh, Jason Mickle, uh, operations, maintenance, utilities director. If you don't know, I'm from Jersey, grew up in New Jersey, uh, moved to the Florida, Tampa area in early 90s. Uh, went to school here in USF, uh, got my master's degree in environmental management. Worked for lots of different organizations, DEP, Hillsborough County. Most of my career spent at SwiftMud. Um, and then I had the great fortune to come to Pasco County in 2018 as the assistant director to Rob Marin in utilities. So um, Rob moved on to uh, to another position, and I was able to get the position of director. So that's that's how my, my road here. Fantastic. KJ, how about you? So my name's Kevin Jenkins, and I'm from a small town called Wildwood, Florida, um, probably about 60 miles north of here or so. I think we uh, see an exit sign yeah, on, on 75 we, up there. We got one exit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I came to Tampa uh, right after high school. Uh, I graduated from USF, uh, my undergrad in environmental science, um, and I've kind of been on this science track for the last nine years or so. Um, I worked in a lab with Tampa Bay Water uh, at their regional facility, um, and then I spent uh, several years at um, Pinellas County working uh, with their water services and water quality team there. Um, and then fortunately, I was blessed with an opportunity to come work for PASCO, uh, which I was able to maneuver through a few ranks here. And uh, here I am today as the water operations and water quality manager. Well, you're making a difference. Uh, so we, we thank you for that. Jason, so you were an assistant director here, moved into a director position. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your leadership philosophy. The operations and maintenance department is is probably one of the one of the largest ones uh, in in the county. Um, and uh, a lot there's a lot going on every day. So talk to us a little bit about your philosophy of leadership. Well, we, we, you know, I've learned I've, I've had great leaders that I've been lucky enough to be around uh, in my life. I've also had some really bad leaders to be lucky enough to be around as well. You know, when you're a young person making your way in an organization, sometimes those lessons from some from bad leaders are, are more valuable. Um, but luckily, luckily here at, at Pasco, I was I got to work with Rob and, you know, Rob. Rob had a lot of great things to to teach. You know, one being, um, you know, I wear the county polo. Uh, this is I wear this every day. Uh, it's kind of kind of kind of my thing. If you <laughs> haven't noticed, I just think it's it's important to you know to to dress the part. Um, and then um, you know, I think being authentic is is really important. And I just try to be I try to be myself, but work on myself. You know, every day try to get a little bit better version of myself. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that happens. But 
I'm going to try not to use any buzzwords and try to stay away from that. But I think being a transformational type of leader is real important. And what I mean by that is um, you, you, you got to take the time to invest in people that that are within your, you know, within your group, within your organization. If, if you don't, if you don't spend as much possible time as you can investing in them, um, you know, you've either going to, they're going to move on, you're going to lose them, um, you know, or they're going to not have an interest in, in the work that they're doing. So I, I like to push people a little bit into, out of their comfort zone. So if I can, if I can make someone give a presentation when they hate giving a presentation, I'm going to be the person that's going to try to do that. I just think it's important for people to not be complacent and to kind of, you know, push themselves a little bit. That's that's so. fantastic, and and I like what you say about authenticity, right? You know, we talk sometimes about bringing our whole selves to work and, and being real, and and as part of people, purpose, and performance, I think that's making that connection with with people is is a good thing. It makes us vulnerable as leaders, but at the same time, I think uh, I think being authentic, being genuine, uh, really helps you connect, and and I, I think ultimately leads to to greater respect. KJ, what do you think? Um, what comes to mind for, for me for a leadership philosophy is uh, lead, lead by example. Um, I'm a huge advocate of that. Um, I feel like I wouldn't expect anybody that worked with me or beneath me to uh, do anything that I wouldn't do for myself. I've always been the get it done mindset. Um, ever since a little kid, uh, I was probably nine years old cutting lawns in my neighborhood. I remember at 14, I worked in a pea field so I could have some summer money for 15 bucks a day for eight hours. Um, and and honestly, when I came into the workforce and I realized um, how, how little effort it takes to actually be a good employee compared to the things that I used to do as a kid, I felt like there's no way that I could fail at something like this. So um, I, I definitely uh, believe in leading by example um, and setting the tone. And to segue from that or or into the next thing is, um, like he said, buzzwords, there's a, a something that they call like a co-creator. Um, and basically what, what that means is that um, you set a vision or a goal that you want to be accomplished by your team. But then you set up little tasks and exercises um, for your team to actually accomplish those tasks and you let them do it with their skill set. And uh, I'm really big in empowering people. Um, Jason, I know, is huge in empowering people. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people and I'm very fortunate for it. And uh, and. It's really important to have a good leader, um, such as Jason, um, that has helped mold in my career as it's in its young stages. Fantastic. So when, Kevin, when did you realize that uh, you wanted to lead people? So <clears throat> it's one of the things that I think has just come natural. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm sure everybody at this table um, can, can agree. Um, I don't think leadership is a thing that's forced upon people. Uh, it's one of those things that I kind of consider the it factor. Either you got it or you don't. Um, and, and I'm also uh, okay with everyone not wanting to be in some type of leadership capacity. Uh, one of the things that uh, I discussed with several people in the past is you don't need a team full of Kobe Bryant's or LeBron James. Um, but, but what's important is that uh, we all work hard towards what we consider success. And um, I remember as a kid, uh, 
if there was a group project in school, I would always step up to to be the leader of that, that project. I remember any sports team, I would always step up to try to be team captain. I was a Boy Scout for eight years. Um, I was the, the pack leader then. And uh, what I realized is that that mindset and that progression just continued through throughout my life. Very cool. Very, very cool. How about you, Jason? Same question. Well, now you know why I, you know, my special guest is, is KJ, right? <laughs> um, you know, we, we're lucky to have some great young leaders, you know, in our, in our group. And I'm very happy and, and honored that he's, you know, he's here with us um, working at Pasco County. Um, for me, it was, you know, probably as early as I can remember, uh, maybe seven, eight years old playing, playing football on the, on the concrete parking lot or asphalt parking lot tackle, by the way, it is New Jersey. <laughs> Jersey. It is New Jersey, by the way. Um, you know, and I just remember thinking to myself like, Hey, I can organize this a little bit better than what we're doing right now. And I could start sending guys on little patterns and routes and try to get them the ball. Now, no one really liked it. No one listened to me, but at the same time I was trying, you know, and I just thought there was a better way to, you know, to do it. And I would say this, and you know why we're why we're talking about this. I I think people are born leaders. I think that's a thing, right? You are born with that that talent, that gift to to want to lead people. Not everybody, like like KJ said, not everybody has to do it. There's there's plenty of people you need behind a desk working on a you know a spreadsheet all day. We we need those people that do that. You need people you know in there happy just being in the field working all day. They don't have to be you know a people leader, right? But I I would say. Just to my observations to this point in my life, I, I I think one thing that's not said sometimes is that you could also become a bad leader. I think some people may have been good at some point in their life and through complacency and not practicing and not working on it, they become bad leaders. And I've seen it happen. I've seen where people have made a turn. And I, I got to be honest, I think sometimes it, you, in my own head, I, I sometimes have to fight you know, the fact of, hey, I got to keep getting better. I gotta, I gotta keep working. I gotta keep, you know, practicing this, this quality about myself to become better at it. Because if, if you don't do that, you, you could let it go. I think that's not something that's, that's just awarded to you forever. Yeah, Covey talks always about uh, sharpening the saw, mm -hmm. and, and even in, in leadership circles, you may think that you've got this down, right? Uh, I, I know how to empower people. I know how to do X, Y, Z. But you know, if you don't, if you don't draw that back and have that humility to kind of say, you know what, there's always something extra I can learn. Um, you're right. You you can you can slip, mm -hmm. and 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 you know, versus growing. And uh, and as leaders, you have to grow. So you know, Jason, as you as you grew up through the years from you know playing tackle football in the parking lot, um, and and no one listening to you, who. Um, did any one person, thing, event have any impact, um, you know, or influence on your life and in, in becoming a leader on yeah. that journey? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, my family first, mm -hmm. right? And my family, I, I would specifically say that because they're a bunch of hardworking, blue collar, you know, people who just knew what it took to to get to you know be successful, and their path forward was hard work. Right. That was my, my mom today to this day still can outwork most people at 80. Right. So that's just that's just the way they they, you know, are as a family. Um, but I would say that I mentioned earlier, I had a lot of great bosses um, mm -hmm. that I've worked for from you now. I mentioned them before. Sam Zamani, you know, at DEP, uh, mm -hmm. great guy, you know, but specifically, I'd say I, I learned from him. You have to give back. You have to give back to, to your, you know, your community. I think that's something he was big on. He was quiet about that, but it's mm -hmm. something that he taught me, um, you know, and then I'll jump all the way, you know, here to, you know, my, to Rob and the leaders here and, and Mike, you and Dan. And I, I just think that there's a, um, there's always, um, 
a feeling of humility here. And I, that Rob was huge on that. And it's something I had to recapture in my career. It's not easy to be, you know, when you're, you're competing with other people and you're going for jobs and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to be the smartest one in the room, even though, you know, as we all know, you don't, you don't need to be. I think um, it, you got to recalibrate and, and remember that, you know, being humble is, is one of the most important qualities you can have as a leader. So, you know, when you're around people like Rob, um, when you're, you know, and, and Mike yourself, I, I think it, you're reminded that you have to be, you know, you have to always focus back on being humble. Yeah. Yeah. We're always on. Kevin, same same question. Who, in terms of leadership, has had the biggest influence on your life? Yeah, so uh, f- funny enough, very similar to Jason. I, I can't attribute the success to one person. Um, I feel like throughout life we make enough encounters with people to be affected by several along the way. Um, I wish I had that superhero or celebrity or something that I could just say I aspire to be. Right. Um, but, but that, that's not it for me. Um, th- there are several people, uh, former bosses, um, family, of course. Um, one, one story that kind of sticks out to me, um, was my first job. I actually worked at a little amusement park and there was a time where, um, I had a walkie-talkie, and and we had the general manager, and I I called him, and I said, hey, and I won't say his name, but I said, hey, the window is broken. And he goes, all right, thanks for letting me know. And then later that day, he came up to me and said, hey, I I fixed the window, but uh, did did you try to fix it? And I was like, no, I just thought to tell you that something was wrong with it. But but that lesson has always taught me that – before I complain about something or try to uh, acknowledge an issue, put forth effort first to try to fix that issue. And that's kind of stuck with me. And till this day, I like harp on that um, with people that I work with and people that work for me and up and coming leaders. So. Yeah. yeah, we used to we used to joke in utilities about delegating up, you know, oftentimes. And but but you know, it's it's about being a problem solver, right? It's about coming up with solutions and 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 there's something, you know, empowering and and probably satisfying about that if if you know, you're kind of dealing with your own issues, you know, and and you know, and and uh, you know, that that really only helps to really further the the case for empowerment and allowing allowing our people to quite honestly solve the issues that we come up with. And then we as leaders, of course, you know, we can break down barriers, you know, to help them solve those issues. And, and that's really what our jobs are as, as servant leaders. Um, that's a fantastic lesson. Um, any other any other lessons about leadership that uh, that you've learned over the course of your career? Successes, yeah. challenges you've had? Yeah. So so just being younger in the career. Um, granted, I, I am younger age wise, but I've um, been on this science track and water quality for about nine years now. So I consider myself pretty seasoned um, in my my profession. Um, but uh, some of the successes um, that that come with it, uh, it is pretty self-explanatory. Um, but but the challenges is is more so what I like to get to. And it's one is that uh, leadership doesn't have a timeline in, in, in my experiences. What do you mean by that? Um, so. Even when I first entered the profession, I know that I wanted to be of impact to whatever job that I was working. 
And I think what discourages a lot of younger people is that they don't feel as if they are mature or ready yet to take on certain roles and responsibility. And I was a victim of that myself. I feel like I held myself back um, from a lot of opportunities um, just because I self-proclaimed that I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because of people that I was surrounded with, people that may have had higher education, people that may have been doing the job longer, it just kind of discouraged me from what I wanted to accomplish. Um, and, And as I started progressing through the years, I realized I could have done this five years ago. I could have went for these opportunities and and not held back from that job interview or not updated my resume or thought I was as good as the next guy that's been here for 15 years. So that's fantastic. I, you know, and, and you know, usually usually you uh, you look and see folks that 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 want to try to ascend almost too fast sometimes, you know, versus the other way around. So I like that story about not not letting yourself not letting yourself hold yourself back, if you will. Um, and, and that's uh, that's fantastic. I mean, um, Boy, you know, um, what, a, what a great lesson to learn, <laughs> you know, at, at this point. Jason, how about you? Any, any successes, challenges um, when, it, when it comes to uh, leadership stories, perhaps, that you'd like to share? Yeah. You know, for, first, I, I, I agree with KJ. You know, I remember when I turned 30, then I felt like, all right, now I can start to try to work my way into some of these, you know, supervisor, manager roles. Um, but reflecting back on that, I, I realized that. You know, a lot of a lot of the projects I was I was working on, I was put in a leadership role by someone who trusted me mm-hmm. to be in that role, to run a team, to run a project, just to get something from A to Z. I was trusted to take that whole thing through. Um, I remember an old colleague slash boss of mine who's still a really good friend, Ken Hurd. Um, he used to always tell me, you know, there, there's value in finish, and he would say in his Kentucky accent, you know, but like he he said it in a way that it really resonated with me that. Get the job done. Get you know if I'm giving you a task to do, I'm trusting you with getting it done. There, there's there's a lot of value when seeing that thing through the finish line, and that's always stuck with me through my career. That you know you really need to you know take take the time if you start it, if you start the project. Don't let it sit there. Make sure you work on 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 getting it through and getting it done. But I I'd like to say though um, you know here currently in in utilities. I think one of the most valuable lessons anybody in, in a manager position, supervisor, director, whatever position you're in, if you're in leadership position here in utilities, you have to take care of the people, um, the the frontline workers, the, the the guys and girls that do the work on our front lines. Um, you know, they're the ones you need to respect, um, treat with 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 dignity, um, and and always fight for them. Every single day. If anybody knows me, I'm not, I'm not, certainly not perfect, but I, I think that what I spend a lot of my time doing is trying to get them a little bit more. Um, and I, I think that for me has been a it has been a really big lesson here to you know focus on the people. I had a I had a boss a long time ago. His name was Ed Tapia. He was a Hillsborough County. He was a Cuban immigrant. Came here, uh, made his way. In, in this country as, a, as an engineer and then ultimately a, a, a manager at Hillsborough County. And he, he always used to say to me, take care of your people and they'll take care of you. Don't take care of your people and they'll take care of you. That's what he used to say to me all the time. And at first I didn't know what the heck he was talking about, but then I, and then I learned over time that, you know, it's, it's on me to, to, take care of, to take care of people. So that would be my, you know, success um, lesson. 
Yeah, no, I, I I think that's those are those are fantastic lessons, and what you say too about follow through is is important to us as leaders as well, right? We can get in there, squawk, talk a big game, but if we don't follow through and see things to the finish, uh, that's a real problem. We lose credibility, and um, again, that's that's part of taking care of your people, as as you point out. Um, you know, so we talked earlier about becoming a bad leader. Right. So it's it's important for leaders to sharpen the saw and, and continue to try to not lose sight and become better leaders. How do you personally uh, continue to build your leadership skills? Practice. <laughs> I, practice, practice, practice. You got to practice. Like, yeah. look, I, I just went this this kind of relates back to what we talked about before. Um, but I went to a public meeting uh, the other day and it was a group of um, retired folks. And they were really mad about about something, um, and we had uh, you know we had an opportunity to speak to them, and they um, they they gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. They took it to me. So, but it, it it was one of those things where I walked in that making in into that meeting thinking, hey, no one can handle this better than me. You know, I'm going to go in there and charm them all and win them over. You know, and maybe I didn't spend as much time preparing myself and, you know, getting ready for the reality of what that meeting was going to end up as. Right. Uh, and, and then going in there and, and taking that abuse, you know, so to speak, uh, I walked out of there better. You know, I walked out of there thinking, hey, next time I, I walk into a meeting like that, I'm going to be a little bit more prepared, a little bit more armed. Uh, it's just like giving a presentation. If you go, you know, go to the board or, mm-hmm. you know, go to a, a professional conference and, you know, you put together a presentation that you don't prepare for and you don't practice and you're not on top of your game, it's going to show. And I, I think that that's just like leadership. If you're not, you know, if you're not preparing, if you're not understanding what your guys are doing out in the field, if it's just, uh, you know, I'm uninterested, I got my other problems to worry about, that shows. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you to, in my opinion, you got to dive in a little bit. You do, you, you do, and, and as they say, practice makes perfect. And uh, you know, you've just uh, you've got to grind through that sometimes. And uh, there is no teacher like experience. So, uh, you know, Kevin, same same question to you. What uh, what do you do to sharpen the saw? Yeah, so I can <clears throat> stem off of his comments a little bit. Um, one of the things that work really well for me is I don't have to go through the mistakes to learn from it. I can actually adhere a lot from listening to someone else's mistakes. Mm -hmm. So that's my first time hearing that story from him. And I can guarantee you, I would never, never go into a meeting, um, anticipating that I can hit him with the charm. Um, (laughs) and that's kind of been a, a key to my success is I've always been able to learn a lot from people without having to really face a lot of, uh, adversity myself. Um, but um, to, to, to more specifically answer your question on what works for me is to be a better leader, I would always or to keep improving my leadership skills is I would keep improving my listening skills. Um, I don't think that you can continue to advance if your ears are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, as you said, nothing fine tunes leadership more than um, than hearing or experiencing different things. And if your ears are closed and your eyes are closed, uh, you can't hear or see these different things. So I just keep working on being a better listener and making sure I, whether whether I agree with you or disagree with you, I think either way will uh, mold me into a better leader. Right, right. So um, let me ask Jason this, because you're no spring chicken here. <laughs> how do we you, were just uh, talking about that. <laughs> how do you... Uh, 
identify and raise, you know, we talk about deepening the bench, right? And so as, as people get promoted or people move on and we, we shift in, in the organization, you know, we've got to continually uh, nourish that, that next line. How do you identify and raise the next group of, of leaders, you know, specifically within ops? So by the way, KJ did say I'm a new 50. So I, I, I like that. But, uh, but uh, all right. So, you know, great question. I, I think um, a couple of things I look for. First and foremost, I've learned a lot of lessons about hiring over mm-hmm. my years of being in these type of positions, right? A lot of times I would get stuck on trying to hire people just like myself. I would, I would identify those qualities that reminded me of myself and I would hire that person. It's easier to do that, It's right? easier to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then resonates. I, and then I learned, you know, through multiple reasons um, that, hey, Sometimes you don't need yourself. Sometimes you need someone else. And it's also, a, um, you know, exercise in humility because, you know, maybe I'm not the right person for the job. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I, I need to start hiring some smarter people. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that th- those were some early lessons for me. But I look for I look for a couple of things. And I said I was going to be clicky or cliche or buzzwords, but I think there's kind of just like- Just let them loose, man. They're so like easy. A, they're like just a, so easy. Just like a three C's kind of thing. Okay. Right. So I think um, character, right? Because you really can't teach- character that's that's who the person is you know and then interview day is their best day mm-hmm. right so what you get that day is you know probably most cases going to be the best you get so make sure that that character's there um competent you know you want the right person for the job and then last is chemistry and i think mm. that you know chemistry for not only me but for the group so i don't want to bring someone in who's going to disrupt a good thing that we already have mm. so I, I look i look for that and then once i have someone in house um you know, I, I look for little things like soft skills, you know, or how do you treat the admin staff? How do you, you know, how, how do you, how do you deal with a tough situation and, and adversity? And one thing that really bugs me too, are like silos, data silos, um, not wanting to share information. Yeah. Um, those are, those are, you know, a couple of things that I think, um, I, de- I definitely look for. And, you know, most importantly, I don't want to babysit somebody. Um, I'm, 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 I think we're all professionals and yeah, you need to provide leadership and you need to, you know, help people along, but you don't want to babysit somebody. Yeah. Um, so you, I look for someone who can, who is a little bit of a self-starter and, um, you know, a self-finisher. Gotcha. So once you find them, um, how do you, how do you develop them then? How do you give them those opportunities to, you know, become leaders and know, Hey, you know what? I think this, this, this individual here could, could replace me, or I think they're ready to be division chief or, you know, how do so, you, so how do two that things part? going back to what I said earlier about mm-hmm. the transformational leadership, I mean, right. you got to push people, you got to push them out of their comfort zone. You got to give them opportunities, right? If KJ being as young as he is being a manager here with us, you know, that that's uh, that's a testament to him first and foremost, that he's mm-hmm. in this position, but you know, he's, he's a manager at a, at a, at a young age here at, at, at Pasco. I think that, you know, again, that, so it, it's an opportunity for him and he's really shined in the role, but things that he showed, um, you know, along the way were those, those, those things I talk about, competence and character and chemistry. But in O&M, we have a, um, one of our goals is increased competency. And we really do put our money where our mouth is with increasing competency. We have not only the things that the county offers for people like tuition reimbursement, but we also offer our own incentive program. And, you know, it's a well-known incentive program with yes, utilities. But we budget, we promote it, we train you, we pay for you to go to these certifications and licensing um, classes, and then we incentivize you to get those. And then, you know, to me, it's a triple win, right? It's a it's a win for the employee because they're getting better at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a win for you know us here and in, in leadership because we're sending out highly qualified people, 
And then it's a win for our customers because they're getting a highly competent, trained, customer service oriented employee to come to their you know, house or to their you know, neighborhood and fix a problem that they may have. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in that program that that, that definitely helps our, our guys um, not, only, not only be better, but also want to stay here. How about you, KJ? I mean, you've got uh, got a nice, nice, tight knit group there. How do you uh, how do you identify the next uh, the next you and help well, them get there? Typically, uh, and, and I kind of stated it before, is uh, I don't think leadership should be forced. Um, I tend to let the leader stand out, let them emerge on, huh? on their own. And uh, again, I'm not an advocate of someone wants to be really good at their job over running an entire crew. Um, what I'm a big fan of, though, is supporting the career goals of the employee on a unique basis. And uh, anyone who wants to run the utility one day, I'll make sure I give them all of my support and all the resources that they need to achieve that. And anybody who wants to just be a good employee at whatever they're doing, they will get that same energy. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um any tools or wisdom that you guys would like to share with uh, with our listeners? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll start real quick since I started talking. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Mike Rowe. You know, Dirty Jobs. Dirty guy, Jobs. Right? Dirty Jobs. Yeah. Uh, he's been around a long time. He's done a lot of cool stuff. Um, but I got to see him at a conference uh, this year, and it it was um, it was it was everything I wanted it to be as far awesome. as like you know the 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 speech that he gave, but. The message that he gave was, um, you know, very, very consistent with what, you know, we do in utilities. But he said something that stuck with me because whenever you ask someone, hey, what advice do you have for young people? They always say, follow your passion, right? So you hear that all the time, follow yeah. your passion. And that, yeah, that's great if your passion is, you know, consistent with making a living, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, he said, I'm going to challenge you to not follow your passion. I'm going to challenge you to do something that no one else is willing to do. And that find a niche that may be hard, but you could be an expert at it. You could be great at it. And then once you're great at it, be passionate about it and do it. And I feel like that's, that's us. That's utilities. We got, we got a bunch of people that maybe they didn't set out thinking, like, I'm passionate about, you know, working on a pump station. Um, but maybe now they are. Maybe they, they got the job. They took the job. And they're like, man, this, this is very rewarding, very, very excellent work that I get to do. And I become an expert in my field at doing this type of work. And um, a, a quick story that yeah. he told in this regard. He um, on one on the set of one of the jobs. He went to a crew that was um, working on like industrial septic tanks. Then these things would get caked on with a variety of different fun stuff, right on the inside. And the way you clean them out, you have to go into the tank with scrapers, scrape all the stuff off the walls, and then they kind of back it out, right? So he's in there with the guy, and they're scraping all the stuff off the walls, and um, he's like looking around, thinking like. He says to the guy, he's like, you know, Bob, whatever his name is, he's like, how'd you end up here? Like, what, why are you doing this? And the guy said, I didn't want to put up with anybody else's crap. <laughs> but it was a really good, funny story. And it just was like, yeah, he didn't want to put up with the metaphorical crap. He was okay putting up with the real crap. With the literal stuff. Um, yeah. The literal stuff. Because to him, he had a niche. He had a great business. And he was doing great, rewarding work for himself and his staff that worked for him. And I just, I took that as, um, you know, a great lesson that, yeah, if maybe your passion is, you know, um, music mm -hmm. or, or, you know, helping, helping um, you know, animal shelters or something, that 
you may not be able to do that as a living. Maybe you can. That'd be great if you can. Maybe you could do that on the weekend, you know, but maybe find a niche. Find a niche that, that other people aren't willing to do. Fantastic. So. Same to you, sir. So, uh, and it, it, I, I was going to interrupt unintentionally because something just uh, popped into my, my, my mind from yesterday. So I'm scrolling through LinkedIn and there was a post that showed up that was just a few words. And this is all that I have to say to, to uh, answer your question. But it said that you do not have to be at the top of the org chart to be a leader. So if I have to give that message to anybody, I would every day of the year. I could not agree more. Um, you know, we're all, whether we're in formal leadership positions or informal leadership positions, like you say, leaders emerge. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, understanding and realizing that, that you, you affect that sphere, whether, whether you're a supervisor or you're just a crew member, even you can still show leadership and you can still be a leader. Um, and, and your crew and your teammates are going to respect you and, and do that. So fantastic. Fantastic. Congratulations, by the way, uh, you, you know, uh, the, um, um, the, uh, the telly award, I guess that, uh, that, uh, our, our entire team, you got to be the, you got to be the face that I know, I know our entire team, including those that put on this podcast here, uh, were, were integral in that, uh, in that award, but, uh, well done on that. So uh, I think you've, uh, you know, if leadership doesn't work out for you, KJ, I think you've got a, you got a career in media. So before we, um, so before we go guys, have in my hands some rapid, rapid fire, fire questions <laughs> here. So, um, We'll uh, we'll start with the easy one. Cats or dogs, Jason? Dogs, dogs, dogs. Yeah, I'm with dogs too. That's funny. That's good. Random thought you had at work this week, or having now? Um, are are there parallel universes? <laughs> Ancient aliens. <laughs> oh, on that, travel to the past or travel to the future? Past for sure. Future. Future. Interesting. Always looking forward. Always looking forward. And no, you? You got to know where you come from. <laughs> oh, wow! Look at this group. Look at this group. Favorite subject in school. Science. 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 Yeah. Gym. All right. In that <laughs> case, <hall. laughs> in that case, give me, uh, give me your favorite, uh, onomatopoeia. Uh, Tampa. Onomatopoeia. Sound. Uh, yeah. Science guys. PEMDAS. Science guys. PEMDAS. Is that onomatopoeia? Is that? No. no. Like buzz. It's a, it's a word. It's a word that makes a sound. Tampa uh, lightning. Tampa. That's that's one. It's not an one. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. We got science guys here. All right, we got we got to get some arts people in here. Uh, do you speak more than one language? No, no, no. And um, first job, amusement park. Uh, paper boy. Had a paper route. Yep. Very good. Well, listen. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, you guys uh, did a fantastic job, and uh, you know we wish you uh, wish you all the best in your in your day to day work as leaders here in the organization. And uh, special thanks to our media relations team who make this effort possible. So uh, thank you for joining us today on this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Mike Carbala, and we'll see you next time. For more information on Pasco County government please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.